at this age than it was when I was in my second year in the playoffs against the, the uh, Raiders and the Steelers and the Rams. You're trying, it's a different team, it's different challenges, and again, I, I just, I love playing the game, and that's what it's always been to me, and it's, that's been a real blessing in my life, loving something as much as I do, to work hard at it, to try to be the best I could be for my teammates and for myself, for my family, you know, every time I take the field, you know, that's what motivates me every day. That love is there, I don't see it going away. It'll be a sad day for me when it does, but you know, I'm glad I'm not there yet. Speaking of sad days, do you think, like so many people around here, that Gronk's going to walk away when this year's over? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I again, I Gronk and I have never talked about it, but uh, he knows how I feel about him. I mean, he's That's been a it's a great person and player for us, and teammate, and friend, and you know, it's amazing what he's accomplished. So, we again, we haven't talked about it. You know, everyone makes different choices at the end of every season. But, uh, you know, I love playing with them. Uh, you've, you've, you've set records, lots of records. And the one that jumps out at me more than any other is 16 out of 17 seasons. You've made the playoffs. I don't think that'll ever be matched. My question is, what the hell went wrong in 2002? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was tough, man. 2002, we, we, we had a chance. We were 9-7. and seven, But, uh, you know, we didn't have a great year. So. <laughs> you led the league in touchdown passes with 28. I know, a little different time then, though. That offenses were a little different. Right, you had the high um, cleats. I remember that. You, you, look, you had the Johnny United's cleats. Whiffle cut. Yeah. Whiffle haircut. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's right. A lot of things have changed since then, but still uh, still love winning. That's the, that's, that's the constant. Uh, time now for the quarterback question of the week, brought to you by Northeast Men's Clinic, specializing exclusively in men's sexual health. I think Ian O'Connor brought it up last night that the last time in Kansas City, Tom, uh, was not a good moment for your team. What do you remember from uh, that early season game? And, and was that a turning point at all for you and this team the last couple of years? I just remember, you know, playing Cincinnati the next week after that game. And that was a big, yeah. you know, we had some really, you know, emotional conversations as a team, you know, about getting our minds better prepared for what we were facing. That was great for that season. That's what we needed at the time, and we we, we turned that season around and, and, and turned it into something pretty special. So, you know, we got a great opportunity this week. You know, anytime you get a chance to do this again, this is so hard to do. And I know I've said it before thousands of times. It's I see the effort that the team puts in on a daily basis, and I see the effort our coaches put in, and uh, it's pretty it's pretty great to see. It's pretty great to be a part of. And you know, I just have a, a great appreciation for. You know what it takes to be an NFL player, and what it takes to go the distance like we have. And uh, you know our families sacrifice a lot. You know our fans are committed to us. You know we'll go out to Kansas City and we'll represent everyone as best we possibly can. And hopefully we can put our best 60 minutes of football out there on the field. And you know we're playing for a championship, and it'd be a great one to win. So you know, it's going to take everything we got, and uh, that's a great opportunity for us. Sunday night in Kansas City, Tom. Best of luck. We'll talk to you next week. Great. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. As long as Tom Brady has been playing football, he has made $197 million over the course of his career. But he could have made so much more. Brady has constantly taken contract extensions and restructured his deals to help the New England Patriots address other spots on their roster, giving up at least $60 million over the course of his career. Imagine leaving $60 million on the table for your employer. 
broken down was Brady's numbers. They were calculated. The money that Brady might have earned in his career if he signed a new deal equal to the going rate for the top quarterback contracts throughout his career. The conservative numbers are ridiculous. Brady put his contract discounts at $60 million, but could have been closer to $100 million. The New England Patriots had ruled the NFL for two decades in a way that no other team in league history has ever done before. A big part has been finding a legendary quarterback, someone like Tom Brady, who not only dominated on the field, but has sacrificed to put his team in a good position. Brady has plenty of money in his NFL career. Close to $200 million. But what if he had not taken less or restructured contracts over the course of his career to help the New England Patriots out? Yeah, Brady would be a lot richer person. And perhaps definitely the highest paid player in NFL history. If Brady consistently signed deals equal to those of the biggest quarterback contracts, he could have made like $257.9 million up to today. And this is about $60 million more than his actual numbers. And approximately $9 million more than Peyton Manning made in his career. The most in NFL history, you can see how the numbers we reached below. Tom Brady could have made close to like $287 million. I mean, is there such a thing? It's not an exact science, but in the NFL, even the best and highest paid players, they really see an end to a contract almost ever. Brady and the New England Patriots, they have frequently adjusted his deals to lower his base salary and his cap hits to address roster needs, while giving him a bigger signing bonus and money up front. Yeah, give me money today and take some off later. I mean, if you have Brady's kind of money, his wife is loaded. You know, so how much money do you really need? But to project Brady's non-discounted career earnings, if you look at his rookie deal and his first extension the same way, in 2002, Tom Brady signed a four-year, $28 million contract. His next, next extension came in 2005. By this time in his life, he had already won three Super Bowls and was a two-time Super Bowl MVP. It was safe to assume that by 2005, he could have started commanding top dollar contracts, right? If you imagine a scenario you know, where Tom Brady signs a new deal in 2005, he signs a new deal in 2009, Another one in 2013, 2017. That were the equivalent of the going rate of the top quarterbacks at the time. In each of those four years that Brady resigned, Brady was given a new contract equal to that of the biggest contracts for veteran quarterbacks that had been signed before that season or the year before. If you also imagine that Tom Brady only played four seasons under each contract and then signed a new deal. Here's pretty much the contracts were laid out in 2005. Peyton Manning had a seven-year $99.2 million contract. 
These are the these are the contracts that we use. In two thousand nine, Eli Manning six years ninety nine million. In twenty thirteen, Drew Brees five years one hundred million dollars. In two thousand seventeen, Big Ben four years eighty seven million dollars. In two thousand seventeen, here's something important to consider: Matthew Stafford. He signed the largest quarterback deal at five years, $135 million. And he's not worth anywhere near that money. However, Brady turning 40. Imagine the Patriots exercising caution and not commit, you know, and, and not giving Brady a contract that he's kind of used to signing. But they won't do that to him. But that is a conservative estimate. If we were to use Stafford's numbers at a $135 million contract in 2017, Brady probably would have been giving up so, like probably $76 million to this point in his career. One could argue that Brady demand better than top quarterback deals in any given season, the way that Brady plays, the way that, that he performs, you know, and you know, just his resume alone. An aggressive estimate would suggest that Tom Brady has sacrificed something closer to $100 million to make his team better. Owners sacrifice $100 million to make their team better, not employees. Is it possible that if Tom Brady took a maximum contract every chance he could, his legacy and the Patriots might be a little bit different today? In 2007, Tom Brady restructured his deal to make room for Randy Moss. In recent years, he's taken money up front so the Patriots could re-sign key free agents. If Brady didn't restructure his contract to agree on new deals, the Patriots would not have been as good taking some of the luster away from both parties. Brady said he wants to play until he's 45. We'll see. If he has a few more opportunities to still cash in, but at the moment, the best quarterback in the NFL history won't go down as the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Tom Brady, he does what no other player does. He does what owners and CEOs of companies does. He invests his money in his stock. Tom Brady is the New England Patriots. Thanks for sticking around. It's your boy Mikey. Can we keep it real? Why does Brady continue to give money back time after time? Would anyone else do that? Would Drew Brees do that? Peyton Manning do that? You know, Matthew Stafford do that? Brady knows I don't need to take home all that money. I'd rather take home a Super Bowl ring. Tom Brady was excellent, of course. He didn't do anything wrong. But a lot of guys could have thrown to receivers who every receiver was open for, like, by 10 yards. He threw into zero tight windows. He faced zero pressure. Tom Brady was dead last against the Blitz this year. In the NFL among starting quarterbacks, he was awful against the Blitz. So what did Lynn scheme up there on the other side? No blitzing, no pressure at all. And he just picked apart the zone, and they never made an adjustment. How, how do, how do. Can't figure out what it is. How do, how do, how y'all doing? How y'all doing? Hold on, let me cut that down. Let me do, let me do this right there. Mm-hmm. There we go. Got it. Sorry. How y'all doing? Got a victory good. cigar? Yeah, it's a beautiful morning. I mean, did you have a lovely weekend? I, know. I had a lovely weekend. I mean, you know, weather was nice in L.A. No rain. It was supposed to rain. 
once the Cowboys came to town, they said, hey, I reckon we're going to pass on that rain. And ultimately, a football game took place. One team showed up. The other had a little bit of problems. That's the way it goes. <laughs> I reckon it's time to start the show. I, think, I reckon you're right. <laughs> Let's get I after reckon, it. I reckon you're right. Yes, it is. It's time to shot the show. What's going on? It's your boy, Mikey. Can we keep it real? Always keep it real. Always keep it authentic. And always keep it 100. What's going on? Max Kellerman saying anybody could do what Tom Brady did. Stephen Smith, you heard him opening the show saying it was going to rain. But the God said, you know, hold off on them rain. The Cowboys are coming. They had a football game. Cowboys lost. Saints win, Rams win, Patriots win, Kansas City wins, the top two seeded in each AFC and in the NFC is going to the championship game. What do you think? We'll talk about it. What NFL coach is under the most pressure this season? Get to this. You know who the person is, Max? Lewis? That's mm. under the most pressure? Mm-hmm. Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid, remember I was working in Philadelphia for 17 years. Andy Reid went, what, five NFC championship games, five, six NFC championship games, one Super Bowl appearance. Andy Reid has been coaching in the National Football League, entering 20 years. He still doesn't have a Super Bowl title. Stephen A. Smith tells you that Andy Reid, as long as he's been coaching in the NFL, he still doesn't have a Super Bowl title, and Stephen A. Smith is exactly right. So many NFC championships when he was with the Eagles, and Stephen A. Smith was there firsthand, had first knowledge to all of that, so he thinks Andy Reid has the most problems this year, making it to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. And I know that the defense is suspect, and I don't anticipate them winning. I've never seen a team with this poor of a defense win a Super Bowl title. But you can't have the kind of season that they've had with an MVP to be in Patrick Mahomes. I think we all agree he should be the MVP with all of that going on and not even win a playoff game. You can't do that. Andy Reid's got to win the playoff game. Can't go through this season and go out with a zero come postseason. Andy Reid is under a lot of pressure. I don't know if Andy Reid will admit it or not, but he's got the kid to sling the ball around 50, better than 50 touchdowns this season, and that young quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. But Andy Reid is under pressure. But Stephen A. Smith called it right on the nose. You can't have a team like this, have a season like you had, and not win one playoff game. Got some audio for the Rams head coach talking about their win over the Cowboys, 30-22. to 22. Able to see guys, um, you know, have that success and then be a part of it and be able to share it with them. That's what's so special about football. Feels good. Feels good. Uh, we move on. We got, you know, we got another game and uh, are in the final four and have guaranteed ourselves a spot. And it's exciting. You know, you, you look forward to these moments all year and um, being, being able to get a chance to play in a game like this and play well and come out on top is, is always what you dream about. And, um, you know, we got hopefully a couple more. I'm sure Jason Garrett, coach of the Cowboys, is he feeling the same way? When you stand in these locker rooms, when you have disappointment, that's to continue to drive you. And we have the kind of guys who, who that will. It'll be fuel for us going forward. Should Jason Garrett be fired? Should he still have the job as the Cowboys head coach? 
He said it'll be fuel for them going forward. So what are we looking at coming up? It's never too soon to look ahead to next season, which team that fell in the divisional round is in great shape for September. For the first time in three seasons, the Patriots are on the road for the title game. How playing an arrowhead changes the Brady-Mahomes rematch. And we've got an NFC Championship preview. The Saints had Jared Goff and Cruz number in the regular season. Will the Rams be ready for the second go-around? So the schedule is set for Championship Sunday. Patriots take on the Chiefs in the AFC, and then you got the Rams and the Saints in the NFC. And the Patriots Road to Atlanta, presented by Mercedes-Benz, now goes through Kansas City. So to get you guys up to speed on what happened the last time they met, Week 6, the Chiefs put their undefeated record on the line with a trip to Foxborough. Tony Michelle carried the load for the Pats in this one. First half finding the end zone not once, but twice. Mm. Extended New England's lead at the break, 24-9. to nine. Chiefs uh-oh. points in the uh-oh. first four possessions. Uh-oh. Look at that. Who it is? Including that 75-yard strike to tie the game with 3.03 remaining. Too much, though, for Tom Brady, who completed all three passes thrown on a seven-play, 65-yard drive. He orchestrated, capped off by Rob Gronkowski. 500 career reception set up the uh, the field goal, the 28-yard field goal by Gronkowski as time expired. So what do the Chiefs have to do, LT, to figure, get over the hump and, and beat the Patriots? What do you think? Got through playing a team like the Colts, who, in my opinion, play similar to what the Patriots are doing right now, which is they're running the football. And so I believe they already have the right game plan. They got to stop the run. Sony got off last time. Yep. Mm-hmm. They got to start the game, make sure they shut that out, and then push push the middle of the pocket on Brady, get pressure on Brady, and that's the blueprint. If they do that, they have a great chance at winning it. Well, of course you got to stop the run. You see Sony Michelle scored three touchdowns last year. I mean, but me, I would probably double up on Edelman, give Gronk more pressure. Um, you know, maybe... Maybe you, you play the line very tough. Keep the ball in front of you. Um, keep your receivers in front of you. And probably definitely disguise some defensive back coverage. You know, maybe bring some safeties up from time to time. But if you have a chance to stop the run, I mean, so now you take that away. You got Edelman. Maybe you double up him. So now you just got, got Gronk pretty much running out there. And you can't just play one defensive strategy against New England Patriots. He's just, Brady's just too good. You see what he did last week against the Chargers. Chargers, they're no bad team. Their defensive coordinator just figured the game plan works so well against the Colts. The Colts run the ball a lot. The Patriots been running the ball a lot. So they figured let's keep seven DBs back there in the backfield. Keep a couple safeties out there. But a safety on Gronk all day. Defensive back, Sony Michelle, he has too much yards to get up there before the DBs can even get at him. We're going to have more New England Patriots when we come back and more NFL playoff action. The Rams and the Saints, what do you think is going to happen in that game? But we'll be right back with more Kansas City after this. I don't know what the Chargers coach, Anthony Lynn, and defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley, I don't know what they were doing. I mean, they should have just, you know, put it on the flashing scoreboard. 
You know what I mean? Run this way. Come on. Run. I mean, because when the Patriots took the ball to begin the game, the Chargers responded by what they did last week against Baltimore. They didn't even switch anything up. So no wonder you got smashed in the mouth. They tried to flood the field with defensive backs. You might get away with that against that young kid in Baltimore. Uh, what's his name? Lamar Jackson. That's not even wet behind the ears yet. But you're not going to get away with that with 41-year-old Tom Brady that's been lighting teams up forever. Tom Brady probably seen that set. And he said, look at this. They got seven defensive backs out there. Three safeties. Oh, yeah. We're going to cook tonight. And Tom Brady, Gronk, Josh Mack, they started cooking and came up with a recipe for disaster. I mean, yeah, maybe it did work a week ago against Baltimore. They get praised for the way that that they defense planned. He must have been like, oh, my God, they said I did such a good job. We have to do it again this week, and I'm not going to switch another thing up. So he kept the same defensive plan. Now you give Tom Brady, who's already like a weird-ass different type of dude. I mean, the dude lives for this stuff. He studies plays. He studies what people do. He studies people's speeds. I mean, he's not matching the Lamar Jackson speed of their corners and safeties, but the results on Sunday couldn't have been any more different. The Patriots said, okay. They answered L.A. with power, forcing smaller players to muck it up near the line of scrimmage. Tackle harder. Charging rookie Sony Michelle. They threw him in there and blazing Haitian. Not even blazing saddle. You seen a blazing Haitian running. His Haitian butt was running up and down the field. You don't think his name's Sony Michelle for nothing, right? That dude was scoring touchdown, 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 doing the blazing Haitian dance. Julian Edelman called him. He ended up rushing for 129 yards on 24 carries. And that's not a a joke. That's his nickname. That's what Julian Edelman said his nickname is. And good for him. I'm glad the Haitian Heritage has, you know, something good that they could put their name on. And, you know, they've been probably criticized for how many years. I don't mean anything by that. Don't kill me, right? But as a team, the Patriots ran for 155 yards on 34 attempts for an average of 4.6 yards per carry in this divisional round win when they dug holes at the 50-yard line, put up 41 points, and they buried your boy Phillip Rivers and his 28 points in there. Before the Patriots started killing the clock in the fourth quarter, they were averaging 5 yards per attempt. We already know the score, but Brady hit back his haters with a CBS interview, and they say, hey, everyone says we suck. We can't win football games. Deion Sanders said, you know what? They get bored in the regular season. Brady's just so good. Playoffs coming on. They turn it on. But you know New England scene on film, there was different personnel groups that they were running, and they knew where they would be at certain times. 
They knew where they had to execute. Right tackle Marcus Cannon said, and about the lighter packages the Patriot faced early on. Thank you for listening. It's your boy, Mikey. You can check out other episodes on anchor.fm slash can we keep it real over 300 episodes available so check that out you want to be on the show hit me up can we keep it real 40 at gmail.com and i just want everyone to know if i make mistakes i'll own it not everybody's 100 percent mistake free but it's your boy mikey let's get into this What's going on? How we doing? Welcome back to another Can We Keep It Real? How we doing? Pittsburgh Steelers, are they going to be able to figure it out? Antonio Brown took the Steelers from his Twitter bio um, among some trade rumors, but it looks like Antonio Brown's beef with the Steelers reached its breaking point. Steelers Depot's Alex Kazora noted that Brown removed any mention of the Steelers from his bio. And there's also no mention of the Steelers in Brown's Instagram bio as well. It looks like Antonio Brown removed the Steelers from his Twitter handle. But if you've been keeping track to this story, it's really just one piece of of Antonio Brown's complicated puzzle attempt to somehow extract himself from the Pittsburgh Steelers that he's been trying to do through social media. He wants no part of that team. Is the Steelers going to be able to afford to let him go? Antonio Brown basically wants a trade because him and the coach Mike Tomlin... Big Ben, they're just not getting along, they're not seeing eye to eye, too many superstars, usually when there's too many high profile people in the same area, they all want to be number one, they all want to be the hero, but at the end of the day, they just look like a damn fat zero, but Brown threw a football at Big Ben during a practice that led up to the team's Week 17 win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Even team president Art Rooney II was chiming in, said it's really hard to see Brown being with the Steelers when they opened training camp back in July. With any luck, see if this, this situation drags on as long as possible because it's good for the podcast, right? We like to talk about it. But, you know, we can only see how much pettier Antonio Brown could get online. And that came from Steelers man, big dog, Art Rooney. But we'll see what happens with with the Steelers. We'll see what happens with Antonio Brown. Where do you think, you know, he could possibly land? I mean, what teams would take him? Because for years, Big Ben, Antonio Brown, I mean, they've been one of the NFL's probably most prolific duos. Together, they combined for over 1,000 air yards in seven different seasons. But you know what they say, what comes up must come down. All good things come to an end. Nah, but for real, what comes up does come down. And Antonio's stock is looking like it's coming back down. 
So Antonio Brown, Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, it's the only organization that Antonio Brown has played for. But trade rumors are starting to get feet in recent days. Even NFL Network's Ian Rappaport jumped in on Saturday morning when he reported on NFL Game Day. Shout out Deion Sanders. What's good? That the rival general manager, he's going to expect the Steelers. They're going to look for at least a second round pick for the star wideout. If not a second and possibly a third round pick. Denver Broncos is actually a team that's looking to make a run for Antonio Brown. You know, the Broncos wideout and former teammate Emmanuel Sanders said he would welcome him to Denver with open arms. But I doubt the Denver Broncos is the only team that can really make a run at Antonio Brown. The Seattle Seahawks is a team. The Colts. The 49ers. The Packers. The Eagles. And there will also be players in the market for a 30-year-old wide receiver. I mean, all them teams seem like a great landing spot. The Packers could use, you know, a deep threat. The 49ers with Jimmy G give him someone to throw to. The Colts got spanked by Kansas City. Would have he made a difference? But would a second round pick get the deal done? I don't know if any interest is going to heat up. But a first round might become part of a package for sure. But talks are expected to begin during the NFL Combine. But despite Antonio Brown's age, the declining situation in Pittsburgh this year, Brown still had 104 receptions for almost 1,300 yards and an NFL bust 15 touchdown season in 2018. According to the NFL.com, Steelers coach Mike Tomlin hasn't even spoken to Brown since the receiver missed the team's must-win Week 17 game against the Cincinnati Bengals. But Brown is under contract with the Steelers through 2012. I think he'll be due to make about $39 million in base salary in those two years alone. Which would probably make it an easy trade composition you know because the way it's set up but the Steelers feel they can easily offset the 21 million dollar cap hit that that they're gonna get hit with in the on trade that's what's gonna hurt a 21 million dollar cap hit they have to try to offset that somehow but does Antonio Brown have the youth of a player like Amari Cooper Dallas gave up a first round pick to the to the Raiders but we'll see if Brown's production you know, if it could be drive his trade stock towards the asking price that he wants to get to. What do you think about that?